This is the epoch in which we are permeated with fear. So the more we open our heart, the more fear patterns we vaporize. This is the good news. There's a finite amount of those cells. There's a finite amount of that fear. If you're having trouble prospering in life, stare into the fire. Brother, what a time to be alive. What a ride, what a journey. And, you know, to experience a sparkle of your wisdom and your magic over this last weekend and to now have you in our home in Laguna Beach, mm -hmm. it's truly an honor. And I mean that with the purest form of reverence and just presence. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Richard, mm -hmm. for coming here on Wake the Fake Up. How are you, brother? Um, I'm just I'm very happy. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, we've been hanging out, talking, and right. I've been really enjoying it. I'm loving getting to know you. The, yeah. the last yeah. two hours, you know, all the, all the ladies yeah. came, and it's just been magic. And yeah. it was, you know, it was actually pretty stormy, this ride. It's here, clouds, yeah. and, and it was wet outside and yeah. cold. And I was yeah. like, oh, bummer. Yeah. You know, usually I like that, but I, I wanted it to open up. And, mm. and I, I called it, and all of a sudden it just started moving. And right when you guys showed yeah. up, the energy moved on and the yeah. blue oceans exposed and the greens came out and I saw your face and you walked in and yeah. we ended up being in, in my room talking about snakes, snakes. and because I have two pythons in there and my father and I, I you know, I, I, I recognize my dad in you and I, I don't mean that like you're my dad, but I <laughs> but same level of stoic, stoic energy and wisdom and just pure love and reverence and oh, it you. feels really really good and it allows me to open up even further and i think it's such a treat that we're, we're able to do this in such an organic flow because that's i think that's the only way to approach any of this type of information um, which is deeply rooted in pure love at the end of the day wouldn't you agree absolutely yeah i mean i think you nailed it there it's just you know the, when the heart you know, speaks and opens, then the the genius of the mind follows. You That's know? right. So it's as simple as that. It's a simple formula. Are we all looking for our genius? And is our genius just our ability to find what our soul's purpose is? I mean, how do we detect what is genius or what is, is it some form of intellectualism? I, I don't, it could be a little bit of that, but that's not its identity. Its identity is what are you, the, the, what's your art form in this life, right? Yeah, I think for me, what I've discovered is that genius is not so much to do with doing, it's to do with being. Right. It's like I said to you, you know, what I really, I'm enjoying about you is not what I'm impressed by is not your amazing accomplishments, <laughs> but it's just how beautifully ordinary and humble and kind you are. Mm. And um, that to me is where genius comes from. It comes from, you know, just being a human, being a really complete human. Cause that's what, you know, that's, that's what genius is. It's, it's just to be who you are. I mean, I know that sounds really like a trite New Age formula. But <laughs> well, I think it's it's cliche, but yeah. cliches hold value. There's yeah. a reason why it's a cliche because it's yeah. coming from something that's so authentic and real. Yeah. But being who you are, of course, is like, yeah. how do you do that? Right. <laughs> like, that's the... How do you get to that? Mm -hmm. uh, that's a whole story of unraveling. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, 
I feel that. And to, to, to drift into, you know, your background and what it is that you're doing in this incarnation, um, if you're not familiar with the Gene Keys, you are the founder and the creator, and you are the master magician that has downloaded that um, frequency and decoded ancient, ancient modalities and ancient information from, you know, metaphysicians and, and alchemists and wizards, um, ultimately from the I Ching, which is the main, uh, I, I would say, the cornerstone of the Gene Keys. And I think I don't want to go down the rabbit holes of how it all happened. There's a lot of that information out there. Mm, and I don't, yeah, I don't need you to regurgitate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what we want to achieve is like, what does this all mean for us today? And what are we mm-hmm. doing with it now? And wh- mm-hmm. where's the magic at play? And it was funny because today I sat alone for about an hour and a half quiet and I was just writing, I was actually typing all my thoughts mm-hmm. on what I wanted to talk to you about. And I've, it, most people that know that I do podcasts, I've never had notes in a podcast. It's always just organic free will, but this is organic free will that I've put onto paper today. <laughs> and I kind of want to just rapid fire and it. walk through all this yeah. and let this be the Oracle deck of a conversation Brilliant. where That's... anyone can just jump anywhere and figure out yeah. something. Yeah. And, um, so th- these are the notes that I have, and you and I can reference and go through them. I think of G Keys, and I think it's the beautiful poet from within you. It's entering your embodied alchemist. It's it's a philosopher's stone mm. of maturation of your soul's journey. You know, philosopher's stone, Hermes Trismegistus. It wasn't about turning you know real lead into real gold on a material level. It's actually the the activation within you and really tapping into your genius is, would you say that's what the gene keys represents mm. holistically? Yeah. I mean, on, on a popular level, it's, you know, I would say it's a nice way of saying, of putting it in a nutshell. It's about helping you unlock your genius, you know, keys unlocking genius. And that's the, you know, those are, that's the metaphor. Um, but there are layers and levels to it, and like, like I said, unlocking your, your your being or your presence or your genius is a is a is a journey. And what we were talking about earlier is that journey is you know the way in which our our DNA is coded to unlock and our awakening is unlocks is through these sequences, and and it's like a a safe right. So you turn it one way. To the set to number seven, another way to thirty-two, and then you go back that way. These are the the kind of sequences that we have to find inside ourselves in our everyday lives. You know, the journey of awakening now is in our everyday lives. So we have to be really alert and aware to what is being asked of us. You know, in terms of our awareness, our self responsibility. You know, all of that stuff. All the stuff. Yeah. Right. And but it's it it is about sequencing, and so. Gene Keys helps create a language around that that alchemy that you talked about. You know that the alchemy of awakening, or the I sometimes call them the algorithms of awakening. I quite like that sure. expression. It, would you say it's a it's a blueprint for your unfolding and just the the way the material incarnation of the body you incarnated in and maybe your souls have collided? Yeah, I like, give you a little bit of guidance. Yeah. There? Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, some people kind of mistake it. Sometimes think this is tr- trying to tell you who you are. Right. You know, and no system can tell you who you are. It's just ridiculous. You know, you are you are just a, you are a soul. You are a complex, uh, in multi-dimensional 
extraordinary eternal being of just myriad changing fluorescent colors. <laughs> totally. Kaleidoscope. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. So you, so, but what it does do is it gives you codes that lay out the story of your dharma or your, or your, the journey, the unfolding journey of the sequences of your destiny, of your, so, so of your life. You know, so it's, it's, it, the Gene Keys described your journey. What's your incarnation package? Right. You know, it's like a zip file and you kind of open it up and there, the, wow, there's, there's all the package. Here are my programs. Here are the things I'm here to work on in this life. And so it's a really nice set of um, information to then contemplate and, and work with for the rest of your life. That, absolutely. Yeah. It gives you a basis or a toolbox yeah. to be able to like navigate in a wild, crazy yeah. 21st century <laughs> world that we live in. Yeah, very changing to epoch as well. That's right. We're in, in the sixth epoch yeah. right now. And, and that's a good segue into uh, my background in anthroposophy and Steiner's work. And mm. I'm sure, you know, through prophecies of the Mayans and, uh, you know, looking at other cultures as well. Um, that we are in an interesting time zone. And the, the age of deceit is upon us. The Kali Yugas, the materialism, mm -hmm. the metal, mm -hmm. the war. I mean, look, mm -hmm. just look at the last 1,000 years and mm -hmm. 500 years, 200 years, the last 50 years, where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. Where do you see the unfolding happening right now as we stand today as empowered beings that are that have access to sophisticated technology mm. like this. What, what, what are we doing with this? Well, I quite like to frame it in a in a in sort of a little bit based on the the answer to that and on the um, the Vedic notion of the yugas, the cycle of the yugas. You know, these four yugas, huge epochs, and the Veda, the Vedic kind of rishis, those very wise people, laid down these kind of very ancient codes that I think were you know quite extraordinary. Um, and and a way of, way of understanding these vast cycles is, you know, we we begun with a kind of Eden-like consciousness. We begun with this holistic innocence, you know, the Garden of Eden or whatever. Right. Um, and only and, present in that in that realm. Exactly. Not the dynamic having the control. Yeah. Not and and nothing yet had happened. The story just begins with innocence, right? right. And then there and then there's a kind of a curve, you know, as he, as as evolution or involution kicks in, and then, you know, there's a slight falling, you know, in this, there's a falling away steadily from that state of wholeness, and um, as it's falling away, um, magic is born, right? And and magic is it hasn't yet fallen away, so you you that you're half in the wholeness, and you're and yet you're still you're entering towards the material realm. So things are malleable. Um, you can have a, th a thought, you know, the th a thought can impact uh, an event, sure. you know, or, or the material realm. Things are still merged. And then slowly, slowly, that magic begins to diminish more, and then it becomes kind of codified uh, through, you know, and, and one of the ways that maybe it happened is certain people remained in that state and, but more people fell away from that state. So those people that remained, the magicians or the wise ones, who were then seen as kind of gods, or they were seen as you know, you know, perhaps fathers of the of communities, and because they had the wisdom and the power, 
And as that kind of changed, um, as there were less and less of those people, um, and they started to diminish entirely, the, that same structure remained. So those became like the priests and the kings and royalty. So the same, you can see what I mean, the of same course, pattern yeah. stayed it's there, like but then the magic left it. Yeah. So it just became like... Hierarchy. Yeah, hierarchy, yeah. royal lines, um, priestly lines, religions, institutions. And then it gets right down to the bottom of the Kali Yuga, you know, where you're at the, the Nadir, where everything... The pit? Yeah, okay. Pit, where the you know where the, the Vedas would say the Dharma is as far away as you can get. Allegedly, it's like the Dark Ages or 500 AD or some there are dates given. But right. and then slowly it starts to kind of turn again, and it starts to enter back up and Renaissance. Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of interesting when it starts to go up because you've sunk to the base of the material realm, and and the magic is all gone. It's been forgotten. But then you start to climb up by understanding the material realm, right? So you're climbing. That's through science? Through the beginnings of science. Yeah. 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 And so you start to kind of climb up and then science. So you've got magic on one side and science on the other. Um, and they're kind of coming to meet one day. So we're at an interesting point because we're at that point now where science is just beginning to kiss magic. That's right. You know like through quantum mechanics and, and you know, all the things we're discovering. Morphogenic holographic understandings. Totally, yeah. exactly. So we're beginning, just the beginning of that really interesting time where, where the magical, you know, is being remembered. You know, and then- By only a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of humanity. That's right. Right? That's right. Like actually, that hold that yeah. mastery or able to be able to see that. Yeah. Where, you know, 99% of the population- are stuck in the survival zone. True. Right. Exactly. And because we're because we're still moving out of that deep Kali, you know, that that those deeper, you know, forces. We're not, you know, we're on the rise. Right. But they're still pulling us down in some right. respect. They're still very the much there. Systems of yeah. those the systems, exactly. Right. They haven't collapsed yet. That's right. Know? So yeah, yeah. They're getting more desperate those systems. In a way. Yeah. Because right? it's yeah. it's trying to hold on. Yeah. And humanity is, is yeah. you know, shaking it off. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's, I think, right now, as we're having this conversation, there's probably been a never, never been a point in our physical lives in this Gregorian calendar, whatever mm -hmm. the schedule is that we're mm -hmm. on, which I think is faulty for many reasons, yeah. um, that humanity is snapping out of this worldwide amnesia. Exactly. And Steiner predicted that. He, you know, he, he said that, um, this was in 1917. He says, we'll have 100 years. From 100 years from now, we're going to be entering the, the heightened place of Ahriman, which is the, uh, which is the mechanistic material way of thinking, mm. where science, um, not the scientific method, mm. but corporatocracy science has going to be taken over as the new religion. Mm. And people will have, all, have lost all faith in anything outside of physical. And we'll have 20 years from this point so from to 2040, mm. to shake that. If we don't shake that, we enter into a dystopic type realm of heavy hardened metal and materialism. And we've in fact forgotten what we've mm. forgotten. Mm. And we lose that connection yeah. to, to spirit. And, I, and I, I, I see that and I feel that in, in just where we're at when you just go to any metropolitan city and, and just see how the high urban sprawl areas, crowded areas are, and just what life is right now. Life is really just about entertainment, escapism, getting by, 
um, pleasure, mm-hmm. instant gratification, and victimhood. Yeah. And that leads me directly into the 55th jinky, <laughs> which everybody and their moms have been trying to get me to listen to and dive deep on. Right. Can we talk about the 55th key? Yeah, sure. And do you think the 55th key plays into part with what we're talking about right now? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, in the, you know, in the, it, when, it, using the gene keys as a coding system is quite fun um, because you can use it alongside astrology, as you know. And, and so you can look at, you know, things like the procession of the equinoxes that have been used by astrologers for millennia yeah. to measure big, these big cycles, these huge epochs, you know, 24,000 year cycles. Right? And, and, and that's what I've been describing, this 24,000 year cycle of like the, the falling from grace, the magic, the, the loss of our, you know, uh, memory, <laughs> and then the slow climbing up through, through the material realm, seeking back towards the wholeness, but through science, right. you know. So you can see this amazing connection between magic and science, which I love, and it's the edge for me. It's everything. Yeah. Spiritual science. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when you look at the, pre- the procession, um, you can see that um, you, you see it in terms of the gene keys, right, which are these 64 codes that surround the wheel. And so you can look and see the, the current phase that we're in is represented by a series of keys, um, and that they kind of sh- they go through like over about 400 or so years it'll move through a whole gene key okay and then it'll shift to another code um, like a clock yeah like a clock okay. like a huge genetic alchemical clock right for humanity and just and, to pause yeah. you there that yeah. do you think that's paralleling energetically with our the realm we're in because it's all seasons it's sky clock what, what do you think that is what where is that that, that clock yeah where is that clock connecting to? Well, I think that's a great question. I think it's it's just part of whatever this it is. Pul- thing is. It is the pulse of the very fabric of reality evolving. Mm. You know, so it is is the basis of our evolutionary arc. You know, I've been describing that arc, and there's there's an, another arc, the involutionary arc, which is another story which we could get to, but sure. you know, because it's nice to have the whole story. I, ha- I had yeah. to ask you that. I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, no, it's, those those are like nuances. That yeah. I think gives some people some reference to conceptualize yeah. this. But would you say that this is irrational? Because I think when I think about our cosmology, the sun, the moon, the heavens, all of these things, it's actually irrational mm-hmm. in a way. If we try to rationalize everything and it's got to be measured, it's got to be weighted and all that kind of stuff, it, it, I think it takes away from the ability of the magic to unfold. Mm-hmm. Do you get where, where I'm coming I from? I do, that? yeah. Yeah, it's our human brain tries to be able to explain everything and we get lost in the sauce of that and probably miss most of its point. Yeah. No, I think, but I think the patterns are universal and they're holographic and they're fractal. So when you understand one set of patterns, you know, you understand all patterns because they're all interconnected. So what's exciting about that is if there's a, if there's a quantum leap about to happen on this planet, for example, it means it's happening throughout the entire cosmos through a chain of interconnected, you know, events and event horizons and through time-space continuum, that's really something. It means that it's actually on its way to us because it's already happened at another, you know, we're somewhere down the chain and we're literally just waiting for the clicks of that 
you know, grid to clock it, to come in, and then it hits us. Do you know how much beauty that is? Do you know how, what that does to me, feeling <laughs> yeah. into that truth? Because that's uh -huh. the gnosis that I hold, yeah. that we are not random, that we're not just some speck of dot yeah. hurling through space on, in a random situation, that it's yeah. all interconnected, yeah. and, our, and our lives are part of that cosmic goo. Yeah. Okay, 55th key, it's yeah. starting to rotate. So then it clicks. So the next, so in, in the year 2027, it clicks into the next key. So it moves, you know, and, and it's a series of keys actually. But the 55 is where the kind of, the, the sort of hour hand is, you know. Yep. So it's like, wow, that clicks and it moves into a new series of, of codes. But what's interesting there is that those codes are so different from the previous codes that um, it's, it, you know, it, it's, an ex, it, it's an exceptional change Wow! in a way. When was the previous click? Uh, well, that would be in like the 1600s, like the kind of Descartes time, you know, the, yeah, the, the, yeah that, that period of Renaissance and, you know, the change. Powerful yeah. Renaissance, yeah. Descartes. Yeah. Okay, so what, do you, what are we moving into? So we're moving from this, we're moving from this, this um, industrialized kind of building, um, planning-based, um, you know, structure-driven. Monocropping. Exactly. Um, highly organized intelligence burgeoning, you know, through science and everything. Um, you know, I mean, when you look at the world, it's incredible what we've done. Totally. You know? The cities we've Everyone, built. No one's going yeah, <laughs> to disagree with that. Yeah. But what it's moving into is, it. it I mean, I, I can just paint the picture, I guess, because I'm, I'm more of a poet than a, you know, I'm, I can read the for patterns. It. And it's, it to me, it looks like kind of jungle. You know? Biodynamic. It, it just looks, yeah, it just looks, it looks wild. It looks unbounded. It looks the, the opposite of what where we are now. Uh, it looks um, like a complete reset. You know, and it's deeper because that gene key, that 55th gene key, you know, when I wrote the gene keys book and uh, as you said, downloaded it, it did feel like a download at times. Um, that particular key uh, came out in a very different way from all the others. I was sort of surprised by it. I was shocked by it in a way. Um, it was way five, five times longer the chapter in the book. It contained this big prophecy, all these wild kind of, patterns and things about the past and the, these cycles that I've been describing and then some, I guess, um, my musings on what this change might look like, you know, um, or what I sort of heard. And and I and I saw it, and, and I, I should reference um, Raruhu, the founder of Human Design here, because his genius helped me greatly um, in understanding this change, although our opinions are completely opposite in how and what it looks like. <laughs> wow. Right. Um, Which is a very much asked question. I, I mm -hmm. mean, it's a question that I have, but that, I think yeah. we, can, well, we can holster that for a second. Yeah. I, I like where we're at right now. Yeah. So 55, it hit, you know, is um, when I wrote that, it, what, I, what came to me is that there's, you know, in the Gene Keys, as you probably know, there's three levels. There's, it's, it, the Gene Keys describe levels of consciousness that exist in humans, in humanity. So it's a, it's a way of understanding our, our, our genes, our, intellect, our intellectual journey, our intelligence itself. So um, you have a shadow field, a victim pattern, and then above that or within that, 
waiting dormant is a gift. You know, so if you're able to unlock the shadow, the difficult pattern, the challenge in your life, then the gift emerges. I always say in Gene Keys, every shadow contains a gift. Right. So it's shadow work. Um, and then gifts emerge from those shadows. And then the final layer is called the Siddhi, which is the Sanskrit word I chose, which confuses people <laughs> sometimes It's uh, because it's, it's spelled S-I-D-D-H-I, Siddhi. So, and it means like enlightened expression or divine gift. So it's our, it's our super genius. It's our superpower in a way. It's the fruit of yeah, those things. Yeah, it's the things. fruit. Seed, flower, fruit. Right. Anyway, when I wrote the 55... It only had two codes, you know, so it only had victim and freedom. So it was like victimization and freedom. And, and it wasn't that I couldn't think of another word. <laughs> if I'd chosen one, I might have gone for romance, actually. Mm. But um, because I think it's a very romantic moment. But what happens is that the shadow is going to get absorbed up into the city, and and so we're going to transcend at this point when the fifty five. So the shadow jumps over. It kind of yeah. It gets it gets vaporized. Okay. And so you're only left with freedom, right? And then so the whole in a way the whole genetic clock shifts from that point. It's like a new gear comes in, and then from that moment on, all the shadows in sequence will be vaporized over hundreds of years, probably instantaneously. No. <laughs> Take some work. <laughs> I think we're going to do a lot of work. Okay. But I think uh, that's that's the phase that we're in. So it's kind yeah. of a really interesting time. Right. I mean, I'm painting pictures here. Right. right. It's like how a season yeah. changes from the hibernation of deep winter yeah. to spring. There's a process. Yeah. And there's an in between. Right. Yeah. And it's 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 a it's a gradual integrity that has to be yeah. developed and remembered. Exactly. Or right. it's a gear shift. Looking yeah. at simple like yeah. cogs of a of a wheel right. and suddenly a new gear comes in and then there's a, there's a whole new wheel you shift to. That's right. So you're in another, you're in another arc of your evolution. That's right. So really interesting. Anyway, so the 55 comes in, you know, 2027 and it's not going to happen overnight because then you've got another 400 year cycle um, of that kind of pattern coming in. And where Ra and I differ is that Ra read the shadow patterns very well. He said this is going to be a time of just pure survival of the fittest. It's going to be a time where everything, where deep fear comes out, where, you know, he painted an... 2027? Yeah, well, after that, yeah. He okay. painted an apocalyptic picture. Wow. <laughs> he's not alone in that. No, There he's are not. many that believe he's that not. as well. It's true. Yeah. But because I change, I sort of, I, I manipulated the language of human design to become the gene keys and gave it these other levels of consciousness, a spectrum of consciousness, you can read it at different levels. Sure. You know, so when you read the same codes through the higher frequency words, you get a different picture. So it's great to read the shadow picture, but it's also great to know the other pictures, you know, because where we're heading, as far as I'm concerned, anyway, is towards those higher levels. Uh, why, how could we think anything else? I mean, yeah. our perceptions are reality. And yeah. so if we're a, a composer is trying to change the vibration of the sonnet, yeah. he's going to go into higher notes. Yeah. And that, I think that's what you're doing, um, but in a, the most pure and authentic way. Um, these coatings are coming from the I Ching. So the I Ching is what is offering the core substance of these to be able to be eternalized by the human being. 
Yeah, the I Ching is just the code, the coding system, and I'm not returning. I haven't returned to the original interpretations of the I Ching. Okay. And I don't really use them. I occasionally reference them. Okay, in, interesting. In my book, and okay. but I put when I wrote Jinkies, I put it aside. I didn't. I Completely didn't reference aside. it at all. Wow. I never looked a single hexagram up or re. I'd read it, and I had a great I Ching teacher and and old sure. days, but I didn't. You know, I put it all aside, cleared my brain, cleared my mind, and just went, well, what's the new code? You know, wow. straight from my intuition, straight wow. from what I call the higher mental plane, you know, wow. which is where I write from when I'm in the zone. Wow. Um, I mean, that's, yeah. That's source, yeah, highest so, level. Yeah, thank yeah. you. So um, that 55, um, and then with it came a whole flood of imagery, and as you know, the dragonfly being a particularly favorite of mine that – you see on the front of my books and it's yeah. an kind of emblem of the Gene Keys. And I love the dragonfly because it's the water element that allows it to transcend and, 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 and change from being an underwater creature to being um, a creature of the air, a wonderful creature of the air, iridescent, yeah. beautiful yeah. creature. How many um, years are they underwater usually? Like three years. Three years. Yeah, you know, and then the, the change is overnight. You know, it's, it's yeah. three hours. Yeah. So uh, apply that to us. <laughs> right. Um, it's it because it's exactly the symbol, hmm. the right symbol for uh, this change, this time. Because it's the water element that's in the old life. You know, it's our it's our desire nature, it's our emotional nature in our solar plexus. You know, it's that that the, in the gut, in the biome, it's that that's propelling us towards this higher consciousness. That's right. Yeah. It's the solar plexus. So it's actually the, the kind of raw material of the shadow of our, of our deep longing, you know, for Eden to mm. return, you know, and all our frustration and all our passion and all our suffering, basically, that's going to drive us, that's going to steer us forwards. It's going to be vaporized. Yeah. You know, it, just as it is in the dragonfly. See, the dragonfly in its mid-phase, when it's becoming the dragonfly, it's full of water, but that water is pumping and pushing through hydraulics the new creature to open up its wings, its thorax, right? And by the time it's kind of fully extended and finished, the water element's gone. It's va- I mean, it's got water in it, but, but the water that pulled it's it... left behind. It's, yeah, it's vaporized. Yeah. That's why it's so light, so it can take to the... And it has these incredible eyes. Yeah. It has omniscience in a way. Wow. I mean, a, a dragonfly's eye is one of the it's greatest... It's sort of noticeable. It's yeah. one of the greatest kind of things you'll see in nature. Yeah. I mean, we have no idea what that thing sees. Wow. It sees the fractal universe. It's, that eye is split up into to, to thousands and thousands of fractal hexagrams and, and, and rhomboid shapes and these perfect geometric shapes that you can only imagine what that creature sees as it's flying <laughs> with its four wings. Right. You know, it's the most aerodynamic creature insect that's yeah. ever been conceived. It's also one of the most ancient insects as well. We're here with the dinosaurs. <laughs> so it kind of carries like a real it's an transmission. Yeah. So I, I, I particularly love dragonflies for that, yeah. for that allegory, but also, um, yeah, they, they really carry the, the essence of these teachings. Yeah, I got back on Sunday from uh, the conversation that we all had in the park, and uh-huh. and I uh, heard the dragonfly story. And my uh, dear dear brother, his name's Doug, 
sends me a text out of nowhere. He's in Idaho with his daughter at a healing center. And he sends me the address of where he's at. And it was 333 Dragonfly Lane. (laughs) And 333 is the number that I use. Mm -hmm. And we had just heard the Dragonfly story. That was Sunday night. Yeah, That just happened. I know. It's fun, (laughs) isn't it? And Jinky 33 is the is the is revelation. Revelation. It's it's that which is hidden inside is revealed finally. Wow. Yeah. This is uh <laughs> this is the best ever. Okay, let's keep going. let's keep going here. Yeah. Okay. So I have here I wrote uh, and again, these are things that I would just was uploading in my system in my conscious as I sat there in lotus pose and was meditating. I wrote contemplation, Steiner, super sensible knowledge activating the main senses of logic within what feels right and not trying to escape into another reality. Mm. What does contemplation mean to you? Mm. Contemplation, you know, and it's at a certain point, it's funny how contemplation kind of, I wrote a little book on contemplation after I'd written the Gene Keys book, which I think Gene Keys book is a heavy piece of material right for some people it's completely inaccessible it's almost like a yeah you know, direction coding book yeah it's yeah. a yeah you turn to right. this yeah yeah and so i so i wrote um this little distilled quintessence which was like i i've uh, and I, i'm more proud actually of the book of contemplation than i have of, of the gene keys but i'm mm. I like that's my gem i would say that's my magnum opus it's not the big book it's okay. that little tiny book yeah because i got the quintessence in that mm. and and i made it really accessible to anyone i didn't mention a single gene key i just put it in a language that anyone could understand and they could apply in the next after after they'd finished reading it or even as they're reading it so super sensible knowledge yeah yeah super ordinary yeah and the essence of it is is creating space in your life so that magic can happen Mm. and so the first technique that's given is called pausing you have to learn to pause. How can you contemplate if you don't pause? <laughs> right? Right? If you don't slow down, contemplation is not a fast thing. It's not the same as knowledge. Knowledge is fast. Yeah. You know, you it's information. Yeah. It's, yeah. Contemplation is slow. Yeah. So, you know, so it's simple as a tortoise in a way. It's like, right. you know, it's back to the I Ching, which was seen in the back of a tortoise. You right. Know? And it's slow. Um, but... Slow doesn't mean inefficient, you know. It it means actually hyper efficient. Yeah. And um and I, I mean I had a lovely story that I sometimes say about enlightenment. People, you know, sort of what's enlightenment and and uh, I don't know where the story came from, but someone said enlightenment isn't ahead of you; it's behind you. Mm. And it's only going to find you if you slow down enough and let it catch up. <laughs> that's everything right so that's pausing so you pause in order that you can create space in your life and you can put you need to understand this if and and i really invite people to read the little book and get it on amazon or whatever um it you have to create that space for something to happen and and you can pause and stay in move movement it's about a poor it's about having a break in your in your spin in your awareness so I give lots of indicators in the book, practical things like when you finish the task, pause before you go on to the next task. You know, just take a pause. You linger a bit. Yeah. Like if you're having a nice meal, you don't, as soon as you finish, rush and off. 
and to the do the dishes and put it all away and then you know you linger a little bit and and it's that lingering where the magic happens everyone knows this yeah. if you sit and have a meal with people the most exciting things come out at the end when you're lingering and you've relaxed and the meal's over and done and you know and you're just hanging there hyper presence yeah the, every breath hyper presence exactly yeah, yeah. so you linger you saunter you drift you Find ways in your everyday life of deliberately slowing yourself down from time to time. Mm. You know, so we just came out with a little app that helps you do that, for example. Just reminds you. Yeah. You know, and um, there's so many ways to do that. You, it's a, contemplation is very creative. And then when you create a pause, and sometimes it is a formal pause where you're just sitting. You know, I pause uh, by drinking tea. I, I drink tea. Many people drink. They, they have a drink. You have to pause when you drink tea. We <laughs> well, talked about that. It's well, exactly. Because you're not just drinking. You're making the tea. Right. As well. You're brewing the tea. And it's a, it's a slow process that involves kind of, you know, a, a contemplative practice. Like love yeah. and care. Yeah, care yeah. and aesthetics yeah. and poetry. The details. And these are all pausing words. Right. You know, so... Once you learn how to pause, and, they, and the, in the beginning they can be super short, you know, because I know it's hard for people. So you, it's just even the smallest pause can be great. Like I, I, had, a, I, had, a, I had a New York cabbie who said he'd read my book and he said it's changed his life because every time he reached a red light, he got stressed. And now when he reaches a red light, he goes, ah, pause. I can contemplate while I'm waiting. <laughs> and he just breathes and he just breathes that's that's you know? brilliant right there. and 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 it's just little things like that if you can inject those pauses like you're pumping more time into your day it's a strange phenomena it looks like you're taking time out of your day but you're actually pumping time into your day and that's and that creates a rhythm in your life and a, and it changes your biology uh, because you're slowing down but while slowing down you're also becoming more efficient. Your decisions are clearer. Your mind starts to be clearer. You can resolve problems. Contemplation, you can use. It's a tool. It's an, it's an art. It's an ancient, ancient art. It's the most ancient of all the arts. That's right. Yeah, it's forgotten, though. It's, it's similar to meditation. Meditation is a formalized version of contemplation. Right. And in meditation, you formally sit still. Mostly, I mean, there are walking meditations. And Me- stuff. Meditation, though, is you know you're trying to wipe the mind versus yeah, contemplation. Generally, I'm yeah. going into the thought Con- of it. Yeah, contemplation, you create the space to watch and allow your thoughts, and even play with your thoughts. Right. You know, so it's very creative. So when I sit in the mornings with my tea and I watch, and I and I just look out in nature, I always do it outside. I just go right, go where you want to go, mind. <laughs> And because it's free and it knows it has 40 minutes or an hour or something of freedom, it's very relaxed. It's very unpressured. And if there, is, if there may be problems and kind of surface stuff that come up, and I just, but they move out quite quickly because they're you know, worrying about this or my son or my, something in the house or something that needed doing. That stuff comes up. Of you know? course, yeah. But it doesn't stick around very long because the deeper reaches of contemplation are so enjoyable that you, your breathing slows down and you know it's coming. You know this kind of depth is coming and then the wisdom comes up. 
And then thoughts become really crystalline and holistic. And it's, it's called the higher mind. You know, there's the lower mind, which is the kind of the mind that's playing around in the field of logic. Yeah. And, and, you know, it has, a, it has a max. It can't get beyond. But beyond that field of logic lies like a field of archetypes and a field of, of mythology and a field of interconnectivity. It's the, they call it the arupas in the Vedic. Mm -hmm. It's like a higher mind. It's a higher plane. And your mind can, can reach that plane when you give it space. Naturally, it just sort of floats up to there. And, and if you've done it a few times, you know, I say in the book, you know, you'll have insights. And an insight is when it floats up and suddenly, ping, something goes off. And when an insight goes off in your brain, it's very blissful. It's like a, it's, you have a, you know, everyone knows that, right? It's like, oh, wow. Uh -huh. I've just come up with a, a, you know, I've just resolved that problem with my child or my wife or it's like my mind just did it. And then it goes on and it just goes on resolving issues <laughs> until it's free of issues. And then you're in that space of wisdom, the field of wisdom, and, and then spontaneous thing. And then, the, and then a, an insight can become a breakthrough. And then eventually a breakthrough, and a breakthrough is an emotional thing usually it's like sure. it can come at a funny time you know it's, it's like you can suddenly see a pattern that you've been involved in that's been causing you misery and it's your and you've been doing it and you suddenly see inside your own amygdala or something you know you see the fear pattern the thing and you're like oh my god why am i doing that sure. i was going to go and say this to that person and it's like and you break out and you realize I don't want to do that. That's going to continue the whole chain of misery. Yeah. And so you break it, and then, and then compassion comes in. And then the highest level of, of uh, contemplation, and this is, takes time, right? You, you, you start with the small insights and the problem solving, and it, and it really does. I and mean, you can apply it to your business. You can apply it anywhere. I mean, I, I say there's no problem in this world that can't be resolved through contemplation. Right. <laughs> no, none. Right. And, and so once you've got that tool, and, you ha and everyone has it, it's like it, you just have to slow down so that it can work, right? But the highest level is, you know, he's corresponding the gene keys to the shadow and the gift and the city. So the shadow is, is, is where you have an insight that kind of smashes the, the sort of skin of the shadow open. And then you can start to see inside it. And then the breakthrough is when it kind of, it, it, it explodes, you know, the, the pattern itself starts to kind of rupture and break down. And, and that's the gift. And then something creative starts to emerge. And as that creativity is, is, is allowed to continue burgeoning inside your being, inside your soul, it, it kind of, something extraordinary happens. It hits that kind of miraculous plane, that city plane where... This is epigenetic now at this point. This is, yeah. We're talking this about is, a genetic switch... Yeah, this is very, very human physical. physiology. This is turns on pure yeah. physical. Yeah, I'm not contemplation is right. deep. Yeah, right. you go, you go from the insight, which is mental, mm -hmm. you know, to the breakthrough, which is emotional. So it's, you know, that would be like the the astral body, sure. as you know it. You know, yeah. so it takes place in a higher part of you, material, etherical, yeah, yeah. And light. But it's also in the brain. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. this is brain chemistry. That's, that's, you know, this is yeah. the endocrine system that's 
you know, firing things and, you know, Trillions it's, it's, it's alchemy. Messengers. Yeah, all this is genetic. Foods. This is like your genes mutating, yeah. you know, old yeah. patterns. And the epiphany, this is the one that's the kind of crowning glory, is when the pattern or a pattern is burnt white hot from your DNA. Yeah. It's gone. It's, that's the vaporization. That's the dragonfly. It's suddenly gone. And when an epiphany happens, it shakes your body. It's a physical, you may sweat, you may cry, you may feel bursts of bliss and uh, the, the, or, or huge kind of insights into wisdom. You know, uh, it's something, Absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it, clear, it, it's clear when you yeah. burn, yeah. you're clearing the way. Right. Right. It can also be subtle epiphany, mm -hmm. but usually it's, it's very powerful, it's very physical. Mm -hmm. um, and they happen in pauses which is why you have to create pauses. Yeah. You know, and that's why I say your pause leads to a pivot, that, which then leads to like this merge. So there's those three levels. Pausing leads to occasional pivoting moments where suddenly you, you, uh, you have a breakthrough. And then inside, you know, if you have enough of those moments, every now and again, you'll experience one of those epiphanies yeah. where something truly changes. That's when the DNA mutated fully inside you. And so something as simple as like contemplation, just pausing, can it really be that simple? Right, about anything, about your Changes your whole reality. Your day-to-day, -day, yeah. your friendships. I know, because I, I do it every day, and, yeah. and it's, um, it's totally wiping pattern by pattern, program by program, kind of negativity out of my system. It's like cleaning your desktop. Yeah. You know, on your computer. And then, yeah. And then your heart starts to, uh, to get used to being open. <laughs> and yeah, sometimes, so, you know, something happens that kind of makes you constrict. Sure. Pat the patterns are still there, you know. But your ability to let go of them and, and, and give birth to yourself again is really enhanced because, you, because you, you've been practicing, right? I feel like we're doing that right now. Yeah. So anyway, that no. I never quite described it like that before, but I, I, it's kind of that's contemplation. It's awesome. Well, let's keep contemplating. I was reading some of the reviews on, Am on my on my book on Amazon just this morning because I wanted a testimonial for something, and I and I'd never done I hadn't done that for years. And I was reading some people's reviews on what contemplation effect it was having on them and i was like wow people are really getting this stuff this is the best book i've ever read this like if i had no other books i'd take this book because it's like changed my life just this very very simple technique so and and people were saying this should be in schools children need to learn it anyone can learn this any child can learn children already live in that space but young children you know, or, or like um, children when they start to get anxious you know, they can learn this. It's really simple. In a, in a state of contemplation, you can put music on. You can, you can be really creative. You can do art. You can, you know, you can do body work. You can, you can move your body. You can do yoga. You can do it's all kinds of things you can right. do in a contemplative state. You can, you can do wood carving or sewing or, you know, cooking. You can do anything in the contemplative state, but you have to do it with awareness. Right. So in that way, it's a little similar, similar to mindfulness, but it's much more creative. It's more playful, you know, it's, than the Buddhist concept of mindfulness, which is a little bit dry. Right. You know? Separation. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it's, it's powerful and it's beautiful, right. but um, it's not as fun right. <laughs> or as accessible. And, and you know, because you've got to be creative to be contemplative. You've yeah. got to think of ways like, in the back of the book, I give all these techniques that are, some of them are really mischievous. Of Like, these are things you could do to create, you know, the contemplative state. So, to, you know, and some of them are simple. Like, as simple as like, there's one I like is... Everyone in everyone knows someone in life who makes them laugh, right? Yeah. Everyone knows those people. Yeah. Just spend more damn time with that person. <laughs> it's as simple as that. You know, just arrange to hang out yeah, with them. What a revelation! Yeah. Every, more often. Yeah. You know, let yeah. them you know, really let them in because that that person holds keys to your heart that <laughs> you really need more of. <laughs> Give them priority. Yeah. You know. So I, I mean, it's such a key. I mean, and so there are lots of little. Keys that I give that are obvious, right. and, and uh, you know another one I'll just say, and then I'll <laughs> I'm on a roll. Um, is like light, mm. right? We are our, our chemistry is so screwed up because of our kind of we're no longer resonant with magical light. Mm -hmm. So magical light is half light, like moonlight, sun uh, not sunlight, moonlight, starlight. Well, it is sunlight as well, but moonlight, sun, starlight, um, kind of dawn, dusk and dawn light, candlelight, firelight. Fire yeah. um, those lights that are, you know, that our, our kind of ancestors lived in, you know, because they were awake at those times and they had fires and they were under the stars and they watched the moon and they hunted by the moon. All those things. Those lights are, you know, if you spend more time in those, with that light, you open to the mystery. You open to the contemplative space. You immediately go into it. That's why the best time is always dawn and dusk for, for spiritual practice, because it's that light. It's the changing of the light. So I, I invite anyone listening to this, like, you might, if you're not an early riser, do it at dusk, but ideally, get up early before it's light and just watch the light arrive and listen to the soundtrack, you know? Absolutely. I mean, you, will, you will be waking. amazed yeah. at, at how silence turns into proliferation that turn, and, and the light and the sound match each other. But you can do it at dusk as well. You kind of have to switch off all your phones and things. You know, that neon light is, is the exact opposite of... of <laughs> All these, you know, and it and it takes us away from from the mystic. Oh, you know, it, it suppresses and the and it does, yeah. and and it, and it's great, you know. I I love Netflix, and you know, we can have it. We have we we can have it as a way of checking out balance. We need that. Yeah, balance. But give yourself the gift, even just like tonight or tomorrow night. Just go outside in the dusk and watch nightfall. I mean, I tell you, it'll change your whole life. Yeah. Watch nightfall. Just listen. And, and watch, and you will see this magical thing that you've been missing for decades, probably. And you'll see that, the, you know, as the night starts to fall and the sound starts to change and the temperature starts to shift, and, you know, everything in the, all around you starts to become sort of magical. And then these first little bats and insects and things come out, and all the night creatures start to come out. And it's like, wow, who is orchestrating this? Right. 
And so it's an incredible, really, really powerful thing to do. It really can especially reset sleep patterns. Mm -hmm. You know, for people, that, there's such a problem with people not being able to sleep, you know. And, we need to be yeah. activated by the elements to, yeah. to turn on the internal clock, the circadian. Totally. And those are just words, but they're the internal integrity yeah. of us being human. Yeah. And I, you know, my culture, you know, Zoroastrian was revolved around the lunar light and the fire yeah. and the sunsets and all of those. Those are part of the most uh, traditional times to be praying and to be Always. connecting. Yeah. And I, you know, in our previous home, we were in on thirty acre property, and part of our ritual over there was fires every night. I mean, I couldn't do anything if I didn't have a fire. Yeah, yeah. And I became so drawn to the fire, and that's what sparked so much genius within me, and contemplation. You know, the the level of contemplation I went through because of the fire alchemy. Mm. Not only the infrared waves that was coming and the heat that was coming, but seeing a eucalyptus tree turned into dust in front of me mm. and contemplating that within myself, what inside of me was, was migrating out of me yeah. and, and seeing that in, the, in, in that al alchemy level. Yeah. And so when you, hearing you speak on you know, contemplation and how, um, how dynamic it is for our abilities to transcend out of the monotonous life that we're miserable in, mm -hmm. foundational. Yeah. And your genius lay, lays right there. <laughs> Thank you. And, and you've just given a real key, actually, yeah. with the fire yeah. from your, your ancestry. Is yeah. if, you, if you're having trouble prospering in life, stare into the fire. You know, that's why you prospered so, so well in your life. Because you know, I, I did a deep contemplation one day of what is prosperity. And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I went really deep into that question. And it's in my, captured in my uh, Pearl program. It's called the Pearl. And, um, and it's the ability to make fire. That's what I came up with. Mm. It's the ability to make fire with your hands. If you can make fire with your hands, that's the foundation of prosperity, right? Yeah. Like, you can create heat with your... Yeah. If you're in a survival situation, you need water, you need food, right? You need warmth. But none of, other than fire... Fire is the only one of those things that's, that kind of gives you hope. Mm. Like the moment you see a fire and you've made a fire, suddenly your spirit comes alive. You're like, yeah. I can get out of this. Yep. If I can make fire, I can, get, I can do anything. Yep. That's what fire does. Yep. As soon as I found that out, I rang up a friend of mine and I said, I want to know how to make fire. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and I said, can you come over and teach me? And I, and I don't want, you know, I just want to do it from what's, in my garden, and I he was like, that. "Cool," and he, yeah. and we took a day and or half a day, and he showed me, and I did it. He didn't, he didn't. He just said, "This is what you do," and showed me. And since that moment, and I made fire, and it was quite a thing. And since that moment, I was like, "Wow, I can make fire." It's <laughs> just the gnosis of yeah. that, right? So it's looking into fire is also great, though, right. as you say, it, it triggers that ability to prosper in life. Fire immediately reduces cortisol in the body. So right. when your body gets hit with that nanometer of light, yeah. it immediately lowers cortisol. It regulates your autonomic system. Your right. central nervous system goes into parasympathetic. Why is that? Like it's you know obviously we have a deep reverence and connection for that, and we're receiving it. Like we we sometimes take for granted how incredible our senses are. Mm -hmm. Like sight, 
Mm-hmm. We're prisms of light energy that has information that our brains are interpreting and cycled and creating an image. Touch. Right now, you're a, you're a cycled piece of information that's <laughs> bouncing off yeah. your skin, hitting my retina and turning yeah. into your beautiful image right now. And that's like, imagine looking at everything in life with that level of depthness. And that's what contemplation takes me, depthness, to go into things that are not on the surface. Totally. Right. That's it. Th- this, this is incredible. Okay, so let's keep going. <laughs> We're only on the fourth one. Okay, like, like we could probably do this for 10 hours. So let's talk a little bit about uh, shadows. Yeah, sure. We get into shadows. I have here, I don't know where I'm coming out with this, but I have shadows... I define it as an ancient survival code. You know, um, if we don't access the truth of our shadows and what our shadows is, we don't realize just the beauty within it, the gift within it. And um, all of the, I think about some of the shadows that I carry within myself are these shadows that I've learned in a crazy modern world or these, you know, survival pieces of cosmic goo from my ancestors that were passed on through the alchemy of birthing and the physical. And um, how do we begin to realize that we might be pretty much operating in a state of fear 24-7 and our entire way of thinking is predicated in the shadow of fear? What do you, what's your take on that? Because I see that out there and I I, I talk about scarcity mindset and poverty conscience and this, this, this mindset of lack and always coming from a place of lack. And, I, and I, I see it in the collective energetically. They're afraid of being able to take a step forward because they're so conditioned and, and, they're, yeah. um, and they're contracted so much physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually mm-hmm. uh, that they're only taking the scraps mm-hmm. that are left and drifting towards yeah. this escapism behavior so they don't have to apply anything. What is it? What are we, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. I think we are permeated with fear. Yeah. You know, we are the, we are the, this is the epoch in which we are permeated with fear. And so it's, it's in the cells of our DNA and it's, it's, it's there for a reason. You know, it's there because, yeah, we did have to survive and we do have that memories and those reptilian brain kind of behavior patterns. And yet at the same time, what I described earlier is this kind of this, this whole cycle that we're moving through. And part of that cycle is, is the other side of it is this, this um, involutionary current, right? So we have evolutionary force and then involutionary force. And the involution is, is the kind of, is the wholeness seeking us, you know, and it, so it's it's literally kind of it's it's the highest consciousness being stepped down into our bodies, into you know, and so it's like spiritual consciousness coming down into us. It's not really coming down into us, but it, it kind of that's a way of looking at it. Um, it's and, turning on, and we're yeah, and we're moving up towards it. You know, yeah. so we move up towards it; it comes down towards us. And what it's doing is it's is it's as is it's vaporizing the fear patterns. So the more we open our heart, the more fear patterns we vaporize. Mm. And these, and there's a finite, this is the good news, there's a finite amount of those cells. There's a finite amount of that fear. 
You know, so it's like a re- it's like a reservoir in us. Sure. And so the more alchemy we do, the more we obliterate that fear. So it's not reproducing within us. It, it well, well, it, it that's an interesting question. Okay, yeah, because that's I, I think of cells. I think of yeah. you know senescent cells, cells that go dormant in the body and yeah. ultimately fail your immune system, which leads towards yeah. catastrophic disease. Yeah. So you could be feeding it. Yeah. Okay. So maybe a better way of understanding it is that these are like. Um, there was a word, co- coax patterns or something. This is from trauma therapy. Interesting. They're like um, thought forms in a way. They're kind of um, co- brain collections of neural pathways. Okay. You know, fractal kind of fear patterns. And when you dismantle one of those permanently, it's gone, right? But if but otherwise, it's what it's doing is it's it is programming the cells. Right, so once you take one out, you've got less ability to program the cells with fear. You still got other ones, sure. So you got to, you got to obliterate all of them. Got it. Yeah, so it is a kind of game. Yeah, you know, it's it's like a video game. Right. It's like we're kind of space invaders. We're blasting these things with our awareness and with our love, and there are a finite amount. So what I, I always try and say to people, and this is just based on my own obliterating my own, and I still have plenty left. Um, is it gets easier. Yeah. Do you, like you, momentum? Yeah. Yeah. Do you experience that? All the time. Yeah. 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 And like, I can see it and I can also feel it can go in both directions. In what way? Well, it just in, you know, if you're caught up in the in the fear trap, yeah, energetically, that leads into like yeah. almost the awakening of, of old fears. Yeah. And other things come with it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But but in the momentum of the truth unraveling and, and getting out of the guise of fears and and the and the, the chokeness of it, it just starts to unravel. Yeah. And it becomes funner and funner and funner. Yeah. It's and a feedback lighter. loop, right? It's, it's a biofeedback loop. loop. Yeah. So I feel lighter as yeah. it as it unfolds. So the feedback loop operates at the shadow, it keeps it keeps the shadow working, but also at the gift. Or at, the, or at the higher level, it also creates more freedom sure. more quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It gets I, funnier I too. It definitely gets funnier. Because you kind of, I laugh at some of the things that yeah. used to concern me, which could be considered a fear. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. And so, I, yeah, I think that, that fear is being, you know, we, we do the work. Once, yeah. If you do the work, it, it, it works. That's right. One of my teachers used to say, like the old Darius guy <laughs> used to say, you do it, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was like that was his thing. You do it, you get it. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I, I I love where we're at right now. This is this is this is incredible because um, we're letting this kind of fluid energy kind of unravel a lot of the psychosomatic problems that um, we've thrown into our fields today, and we've held on to them like that's what we identify with. You know, and a lot of people identify with their fears and their anger and their resentment. Yeah. You could see it in how they live their life and the, the continuous relationships they keep choosing and things of that nature. They almost thrive in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I look at things like, you know, horror movies, for example, something that I was exposed to a little bit when I was a kid and mm-hmm. it became like a drug and the drug of being adrenaline. in that state. Yeah, the adrenaline. So yeah. becoming a junkie in that, yeah. right? And then now I'm starting to, you know, over the last 10, 15 years, I've been moving out of that, and now I'm becoming a junkie of love. I'm yeah. becoming a junkie of, 
Yeah, having epiphanies. With, yeah, that's with, a good addiction. It's a great addiction, <laughs> and it feels good. Yeah, and it and it keeps me in a state where I want to thrive, and my design wants to help people, and I start feeling more into my purpose, and I and I get into those activations, and I know that one of the main things people ask me every day is, you know, Sherwin, how did you build all this? How do you where? How did you do all this? How did you find your purpose? Mm. And I didn't have the gene keys when I started creating my purpose. It wasn't a tool that I was able to apply. Mm-hmm. What do you think would have happened or what do you think is going to happen to me when I go deep into the jinkies and mm-hmm. really go through all of the different codings that are within um, my system and the keys within my system? <laughs> is it limitless? Oh, it's limitless. Yeah, yeah. it is. I mean... It- at a certain point, I think that, um, like you said, it gets lighter, it gets more fun, it get it, it, you know, the, I describe it once as uh, um, contemplation. There's an there's a there's a point where contemplation stops and something else begins, and I and I call that absorption. Mm. And absorption is where the light in your body's aura starts to feed off itself in such a way that you can no longer stop it. Like critical mass. Critical mass. Yeah. So you can no longer stop it. So at that point, no techniques, books, stories, anything, systems are are needed anymore. So you drop the gene keys. You you don't need any of it. Well, it's it's just propelling you. I mean, you could do it for fun. Sure. And for refinement and for aesthetics. And for you know enjoyment and it's, to share it's with your people. curriculum, it doesn't become like yeah. this te- monotonous yeah. thing. It's become yeah. automatic, it's, yeah. you know, and that's a you know, I've had moments of that. I don't think I myself have quite reached that yet, mm. <laughs> um, because I think when you do reach that, you sort of become a bit more useless. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, Nirvana is yeah. useless. Yeah, and <laughs> and I think it's you know yeah I, I think it it has its time for each of us. Sure. Um, and that's part of our dharma, I think. You know, our dharma arranges itself so that if you're ready for that phase, then you've probably finished your work. You know, this conversation, what, what we're talking about, all that keeps popping in my head is the most romantic journey. It's so it's romantic. Just, it's romantic, and it's romantic because it's your the self love. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you're starting to identify with your true self, and yeah. you realize that your true self is immaterial. Yeah. And your entire yeah. higher being is so free. Yeah. And it, the, the, the clarity of the crystal, like, you know, there's different grades of crystals. Yeah. And I can just see it like the fogginess starting to open up. And I can see from different vantage points, different angles of myself. I can see my child. I can see mm. my caretaker. I can see my father within me. I can see mm. my, you know, all of these different things. And um, I always talk about self-love, you know, one of the main things, again, people come to me for is their health and their Mm -hmm. wellness and Mm -hmm. their detoxification and their strategies and longevity. And before I get into any kind of exotic system or supplement or strategy, whatever it is, it's finding self-love to Mm -hmm. find out that you matter Mm -hmm. to have the discipline to make the choices, Mm -hmm. to crack the old patterns, to make decisions different than the original mindset that you have because that's the that's the hard part but yeah. but that's choosing you yeah saying that you're worth getting uncomfortable yeah right yeah 
And I think finding that self-love, if you really find it, you probably don't need any of the other stuff. Yeah. You know, you like you don't need the jinkies. You don't need the minerals. You probably, you know, I mean, it, it, again, it could be night. You can use them. It might enhance. They're tools. Yeah, and enhance your awakening. But um, I think, yeah, you get to a point where, I don't know, like someone gave me a book, a Tibetan book recently, and, and I was reading it through, and it, and it highlights, like, these are the indicators of awakening as it's coming, right? And it gives you, like, lists of things. And one of them, it said, and they're kind of poetic, and it says, one of them, it says, it's like finding diamonds in your pockets, <laughs> in, you know, and I love that. It's like you put your hands in and they've been there all the time. Yeah. And you had all these problems with, with money and stuff. And you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, it's, it's you were like, there the whole time. Yeah. And it's that feeling of it's inside me. Oh, my God. And I found it now. And that gives, you know, that gives a huge, more than hope, gives certainty. I mean, that right there, I mean, there's probably – infinite amount of quotes that describe that nuance yeah. you know that yeah. what you're seeking and I Rumi did a very good job of oh, yeah. expressing and that Hafiz. and Hafiz as well yeah. as that you know the, the jewel is within you yeah. know it's, yeah. you can you could search the world mm. tenfold mm. and the whole time it was right in between you. of course yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that's it yeah um, let's pivot real quick to Steiner yeah and Great. because I just found out that your children went to Waldorf schools, mm-hmm. and that's fantastic. Mm. And that um, really um, is a is a beautiful reflection on you, my dear brother, and uh, the karma that is created by that type of tutelage, um, a tutelage that's built on the foundation of freedom mm. and on sovereign beings mm-hmm. and allowing children to express and their ability of their own experiences, mm-hmm. which then leads to building faculties of trust within themselves, which then leads to more faculties of self-love and yeah. the eternal quest for knowledge outside of a forced state-sponsored curriculum. Yeah. And so yeah. that I, I applaud you. Yeah, Amazing. And of course they'd go to Waldorf schools. Yeah. And I definitely want to go into a higher practice with you and possibly create our own system of bringing... Um, anthroposophy and merging it with the gene keys because the parallels are unfounded. But let me get into Steiner's, Steiner's cosmology and where his clairvoyance brought you know, my interest that has sparked me into how I view my life and how I view my body and my relationships and business and choices and my spiritual practice and all of these things. Steiner believed that we do not live in a dualistic realm, yet it's a trilogy. Yeah. The divinity finds yourself within the trinity of po- yeah. deep polarization. Yeah. One polar being Lucifer and the other polar being Ahriman. Mm. Lucifer being the bearer of light, Ahriman being the earthbound, the physical. Yeah. And I, when, when I first finally got that, that energy and understanding what that was, a lot of my life that I had um, been stuck in materialism or I was stuck too much in the spirit started to make sense. Mm-hmm. And Steiner explains that these are not entities to be scared of or to fear, but to be known mm-hmm. by casting a light on them and understanding what they represent in human and evolution and involution, we're able to then entertain a balance 
of these two energies, and that he would call the Christ impulse, yeah. right? And that's a Christ energy. Yeah. Do you see that as a cosmology that resonates with you mm. and what you see today in this world of the hyper-materialist versus the hyper-spiritualist <laughs> and what, what has ha probably happened over the last four or 5,000 years because we've had the risen, r rising of different energies and sources? Yeah, I, I totally resonate with that, with that cosmology. Um, you know, at the core of my deep knowing is the has always been the Trinity. You know, and and I I see trinities everywhere. I've everywhere I see a teaching based on Trinity. I see truth at work, like from Hegel to, mm -hmm. you know, to all the primal religions that were based on the kind of the three leveled universe or the world. You know the. The, the shamanic realms and all of that. That's right. Um, and you see it just pretty much everywhere. Um, and so that's why in Gene Keys, when you come into the Gene Keys, it's a big synthesis with lots of different elements and, and playground, you know, um, and lots of mansions and rooms to go in and out of. You'll see every single part of it is based on threes. You know, I've been telling them here already, the shadow, the gift, the city, pause, pivot, merge, pivot, you know, it's like everything's based in threes. Yeah. And and my understanding is that, um, you know, that is is because, well, let's come back to like divine mathematics, you know, there is no two. You know, I mean, I know that those, that, that Zoroastrian ancient religion that was the dualist religion, is it's not really a dualist religion. It's it's actually a it's a transcend, transcendent religion. It's a deep understanding. It so, is, you know, and and as you said, it's it's the Christ that you, that kind of unites, includes, and transcends um, the other two. That, it polarizes. Them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it uses that beautiful polarization. Mm -hmm. But that you know, one plus one is three. <laughs> there, two doesn't exist. Right. It can't exist because it, it, the moment it's there, it's three. That's right. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so we live in a construct where it appears that there's only polarity, right? But actually, you know, that that's our awakening is that we are designed to transcend. And I actually, I was wanting to talk to Zach Bush about this recently, but I didn't have a chance to finish our conversation. I, I'm going to catch him. Um, like. Even our DNA is based on like a double helix. Double helix. And I was really curious as to whether there might be the possibility of a, of a triple helix evolving because it feels like, every, you know, the transcendent always goes for three. And even if you look at um, chaos theory, you see it's based on threes, branching into threes, endless threes, fractal, endless trinities. Right. And, um, and so you begin to see, and, and also quantum computing and, and, you know, artificial intelligence, all of that is based on, it's based on threes. It's no longer binary system codings that we've right. been using. So, you know, the three allows us to kind of expand exponentially yep. intelligence, you know, which is why we're all terrified of it because we don't know where it's going to take us. We don't know us. what it can do. But actually... But it gives depthness yeah. to yeah. the access. Yeah. It creates another point. Exactly. And in that point from that access is loads of bandwidth and information. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so my, you know, the next phase of our evolution, you know, which I, I kind of, others have called the sixth race or, you know, like... A, the root race. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can call it different things, but... Um, 
I call I call it the uh, the Trivian race. Mm. I gave it a name. You know. I like so that. yeah, the Trivian race. It's kind of funny as well because it's sort of trivial. It's a bit similar. Um, there might be a bit of a joke there. Um, and it's the three ways. The Trivian is the three ways. And I my my kind of feeling is that what's going to happen is that we are going to go on discovering the Trinity in every single sphere of reality. And as we discover it, we embody it. You know, so, so it is the secret of everything. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're knitting back together the fractal holographic construct in which we live and seeing beyond it. Yeah. You know, and, and we each have a part, like you have your work to do with the mineral realm, work mm -hmm. deep, digging deep into that, like finding the, the transcendent capacities in all that. And I'm doing my work in the way I do it, finding the transcendent, which is the three. And and everyone's, you know, I, I see a very romantic time ahead of knitting the world back together, weaving the world back to, together by seeing the, the, the kind of the illusion of duality. That's right. Yeah. The separation yeah. of two sides. And so I, I, I imagine it to be a very, you know, I imagine the next race to, you know, I, I, can, I can feel it. It's a very blissful race. It's like because the fear is being vaporized mm. and it's still there, right? So there's still a little bit of romance. There's enough shadow to make it kind of entertaining. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, the, for, but for some people, I guess, you know, the, when the shadow's gone, then it's, there's only bliss remaining. And so I think we will move into a, a, a eventually into a phase in which that's all there is, and then we start to explore that next universe, which is a universe of infinite bliss. But that that's not you know that's the same. It's it's equivalent to the universe of suffering, which has infinite possibilities. The the universe of bliss also has infinite possibilities. So it's a whole new epoch, mm. and we need you know we won't be humans in this form to discover it. I don't think because it's exists on another plane of reality sure a buddhic plane or whatever you whatever you want to call it yeah but that doesn't mean to say it can't kind of i i i sometimes have the kind of feel like there's going to be a joke at the end there's always a joke like That's i, I feel. cosmic almost, joke i almost feel like the bliss when it finally comes will last a millisecond <laughs> it'd just be an aha yeah yeah but it but it in in that millisecond it's also eternal yeah you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's almost like there's this it can't stay here right it it has to transcend mm. you know and then and so it begins a new evolution a new universe a new reality and then what's left here on gaia is also a you know it's a reset and i believe you know it's a lovely part of the romantic dream i hold is that i believe that the earth will then belong to the animals mm. again and that they will mutate a new form in, in their next evolution, just as we, you know, we emerge from the apes, I kind of wonder, perhaps the next uh, higher species will emerge from another line. You know, who knows? I, I was joked with Zach. I said it might be an octopus. You know, and then he told me this great story about an octopus. <laughs> the, yeah, how wise they are. The so anyway, thoughts. we're kind of playing with romantic ideas, but. If they resonate, and if they resonate yeah. and you can perceive it, then it's real. Yeah, you know, um, and that's part of the creationism of adapting to your spirit and getting outside of 
the left brain materialist way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, to circle back on to the conversation is, you know, materialism. And I, when I say materialism, I don't mean money and cars and fancy living. Mm-hmm. Materialism meaning you are nothing but the physical. Mm-hmm. You are nothing but flesh and bone. And there's no afterlife. There's no continuation. There's no soul. And that if you can't weigh it, measure it, you can't identify its truth. Mm. And for me, that level of thinking has spread like a parasite. Mm. And it's parasitic in nature, Mm. right? Countries, division, imperial parties, war, political parties, monetary system, medical systems, all of these systems that are failing everybody right now are based on a heavy material burden. Mm-hmm. And, it, and with, with materialism, you then find scarcity. And scarcity in water supply and food supply and education yeah. and all of those things that should be naturally apparent to an organic foundational world, mm. yet are so hard to find for so many people. Yeah. Now we're entering the age of artificial intelligence. And I think I even mentioned you or listened to you when you were speaking the other day and you said that I think it was your son that was using Chad GTP or, or something like that. And, mm. and I, you know, I'm one of those people that keeps a discerning eye on artificial intelligence to the best of my ability. I know that I'm one man. What can I control? Um, but I, I have a unique perspective on artificial intelligence and I, and I see AI being um, a trap for many reasons. I can see the beauty with it mm. and I can see what it can bring us, but I see it also as a massive Trojan horse mm. with unparalleled comprehension of what it can do to us in terms of de-evolution. And so I compare it to something like the internet and I compare it to something like video games and basic TV. How many children today, instead of running around in the canyons and in the jungles and in the forests and on the beach mm. are now sedentary sitting, you know, when their bodies are supposed to be expanding and offering themselves to the elements or just looking at a digital screen. Mm. And how many children right now are not being exposed to regenerative agriculture where a hundred years ago, 95% of the population here had a direct relationship to the food that they ate. Mm. What, what faculty of empathy is not being activated? What muscles are not being activated? What survival muscles are not being activated because of this? And then I talk about these things publicly, and I, a lot of my friends said, hey, uh, Sherman, have you seen the movie WALL-E? Mm. And uh, I have not seen it, but I've taken a glance at it. And it's a, it's a dystopian world where you know, everybody seems to be extremely sedentary. They're stuck on motor chairs with mm-hmm. a screen in front of them. They have a you know fast food system attached to their mouth, and they're sitting there and de-evolving and right. completely becoming a stagnated yeah. version of themselves. Right. And I, I feel that AI, and I'm not even talking about private security. I'm, yeah. I'm not even talking about immunization calendars and the mm-hmm. Internet of Eyes where there's cameras on every block mm-hmm. and everything's being recorded and yeah. all the data. I'm not even talking about yeah. that. I'm just talking about the human consciousness and the human psyche. 
And I think if I look at something like the Gene Keys, like what a blueprint, what a technology of bringing us back to our ancient primordial self so we can activate the true codes within. Mm -hmm. Whereas artificial intelligence in the outside observation is doing the exact opposite. Mm. It's taking away from our mm. body's you know, evolution to yeah. expand and to think. What, what, what is your take on where we're heading with this? Well, and so I'll just finish yeah. with this. I believe that is Ahriman that Steiner yeah. believe incarnates in the 21st century. Yeah. I believe Ahriman is coming through this transhumanism mm. AI movement and it's coming within the psyche of man and woman. Mm. It's invading our space and that's where Ahriman wow. is making it. It gives me goosebumps yeah. when you say that. I, yeah. I feel the truth of that. Yeah, I think that's yeah. exactly what he meant. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. Uh, well, it's information, isn't it? It's, it's information. You know, it's not wisdom. That's the difference. Right. You know, wisdom is what we've been talking about and describing. It's, it's, it, it, it can't, it's, it does not made up of information bits. It's revealed. You know, AI can't contemplate. Right. <laughs> it's like. What if it can? But, what what it, but it, well, it can data scrape. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's different, scrape, though. But it, do, it can't contemplate. Contemplation yeah. is not about information. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's about transcendence. Mm -hmm. You know, and, um, you know, wisdom is transcendence. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. You know, complex information is still just information. Mm -hmm. And there's all kinds of things you can do with information and and, you know, extend the lifespan and, you know, heal diseases and yeah, there's aggregate a, data of yeah, studies. All of it. Every, I mean, everyone's talking about right, it, right? Right, right. right. But I, I agree. Uh, I think the biggest danger, I mean, I, when I say danger, I, it's, it's not, you know, I don't or see unknown. It. Maybe yeah, the biggest unknown. unknown is creativity mm. because wisdom is about creativity, right? And our, you know, we are infinitely creative. And if AI comes in and takes away that from younger people, let's say, um, because they no longer, you know, they, they just, they, they use it just to get to the end result, you know, the product rather than the process. Then they've lost the, the process of awakening, which is the, is the middle part, you know. You can't jump from shadow to city. You have to go through the gift, you know. You have to go through the creative, alchemical, transformational process. You can't get the end result. You don't get. You don't get it. You know, even if you expand the lifespan to a thousand years, you never get you're, it. You're 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 miserable for a thousand years. That's right. <laughs> so, that's that's right. Well said. You Did know? you guys get that part right there? That's such a crucial part. Yeah. Is that we're skipping the actual processes of developing the fabric of being a human being. Yeah. Right, and that that reminds me of like a dopamine and dopaminergic, yeah. Yeah. where the dopamine is the the release, the hit, the orgasm. But it's yeah. but if we're just getting the instant gratification, yeah. whatever it is, we're there's missing. No there's no alchemy. The dopaminergic, which is yeah. the process, yeah. which makes the reward so yeah. much more powerful. So imagine what it might do is it might speed up our decline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so maybe that's why it's here. That's what Steiner said. Yeah, he says it's going to speed our decline off a, a cliff. Yeah, and that cliff looks like a, a, a but a, a land of not remembering who. But we I'd are. like to look at that as a good thing. Yeah, um, because we've got to wipe it out at some we've point. We've got to wipe it out okay. in order that we can sure. give birth to the new, you know, the new one. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it as a lens of the, this place turning into a crispy dust bowl and everything disappears and vanishes and it's gone forever. Mm. It's, uh, I think that's a movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but things are going to have to break apart. Systems are going to have to yeah. fall. And it's not a shift. I always said we can't shift from where we're at. We need a fucking revolution. Excuse mm-hmm. my French. Like yeah. Things have to dismantle mm-hmm. in order for it to come out and reflower mm. and rebloom. Yeah. I agree, and I, and I and it it doesn't look pretty, yeah. No matter how you look at it, yeah. Um, and well, it, well, it just doesn't. But but if you look beyond, you know, that's where we were talking about Jinky Fifty Five and the future human. You know, if you begin to f- if you focus on that, if you keep that in the back of your consciousness, you know, that's where we're going. That will help you. In that will help inform the decisions you make. Because you know that this is going to turn out well. You know that this is a romance. You know that the earth has gone through these phases before. Yeah. Maybe not one like this. Mm. But it, it has. You have. All of us have. This is how the universe works. Every single one of us knows death. <laughs> We're coded to know death. We're terrified of death. That's the fear. When you ask about fear, shadows, death is the core fear. Right. Because it's the part that we've forgotten. We've, you know, when we come into the form, and we come into the depth of this forgetting, and the the cells that only that have forgotten what happens when we die, forgotten that we are immortal, that we are eternal. You know, that's when you remember that. There's no fear left, and you know, it's that's a great contemplation. That's the ultimate contemplation. Yeah. That's the samadhi. Yeah. You know, the, the, yeah. I'm Knowing eternal. of dying before dying. Yeah. You know, the, the remembrance of death yeah. and the beauty of the death. Yeah. And it also brings in things like incarnation and cycles. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I love talking about those things. I'm one of the few teachers I know that talks about incarnation and reincarnation nowadays. Samsara? Well, just the, yeah, just the, move, just the movement in and out of the form, the pulsing mm-hmm. of a life into the ne- one life into the next and, and the doorway that opens and the beauty of that, mm-hmm. you know, because everyone wants to leave. So they're like, I want the nirvana. I don't want to come back. I'm not coming back. You know, that's, yeah. that's what people say. I yeah, hear that all the time. I guarantee you're coming back. If you yeah. say that, you're, I guarantee you're coming back. Yeah. If you said, oh, I really, really hope I can come back. I, just, I really, I'm not ready to leave yet. Then you might leave. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah. Then you're ready, you that know? makes sense. Like, I don't want to come back. It's, you, you haven't finished. You, right. you, haven't, you haven't got it. That's you, right. You know, that we're, here to, we're here to kind of love being here. Yeah. You should never want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I understand when you're in misery and you know, that I, that's totally understandable. Um that's your shadow but, speaking. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shadow speaking. But it's it is. Yeah. Yeah, and it can be transformed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Rather, um yeah. you know, I don't know what to say, but you know, <laughs> This is the great spark and the unraveling of a beautiful cultivated connection. And um, there's millions of other pathways that we can go down and let this be the first of many. We'd love that. I, I look yeah. forward to, um, you know, really opening up um, the possibilities of what's to come. Yeah. And yeah, I want to, I want people to get it. I want people to feel that it, it's beyond hope. Yeah. It's cellular certainty. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I have that in my body, and, and I know that not everyone has quite remembered it yet, and I really want to imprint it in people as a memory. 
That's my, that's my work. Like, please hear these words, hear the frequency I'm delivering them in. It's like, it's not that I'm just, you know, some kind of preacher. It's like, I just want to remind people that the news is good. Yeah. You know, you're spreading the good news. Yeah. Yeah. That's the cosmic memory. That's the Rosicrucian in the, in the, Druid magic and all those, you know, yeah. the, the Rosicrucian, which is what I embody, is I'm reviewing and analyzing and contemplating all the thoughts and emotions that I'm feeling and experiencing them, and I'm building the faculty of memory, yeah. right? Because if you don't yeah. do that, you're not going to remember anything. Yeah. You know, it's just how it is. And, yeah. and I'm also remembering how beautiful it is, mm. and I'm reminded by that. And mm. I, um, you know, the, 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 I can't comprehend the transmission that you have, um, although that I've, I've been into the higher realms uh, multiple times in this life. And so um, for that, I want to say thank you. Mm. I love you, brother. Yeah, I love you too. And uh, this is um, the first of many. Yeah, and let thank this you so much. Have a ripple effect. Yeah. You have anything else you want to throw this way? And- I think just remind people that that you know what we the conversation we had about contemplation. I think is a real thing to take away because we talked about a lot of impractical things, which are wonderful and helpful. But I hope, but the thing that is is really you can do, and you and it, and it will have an instant impact. Is learn that you know learn that art of contemplation. Teach yourself. Remind yourself how to enter the contemplative state every day, as often as you can, as often as you remember. Be gentle, you know, it has some, you need to be gentle with yourself mm. with it. it. It is the essence of self-gentling, mm-hmm. you know, that, and that's my teaching as well. Like you, your heart doesn't open unless you're gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't force something yeah. like that. So um, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful art to learn, as simple as anything, so yeah. Anyone listening to this, that's the takeaway, I'd say. You heard it here. Be gentle with yourself. And the beginning place of being gentle is pure self-love. Create some pauses. Yeah. Enjoy some pauses. Harvest I'm, some I, pauses. I'm going to slow down when the light's yellow. <laughs> I'm going to slow down when the, when the light's yellow. Yeah, good. And that's what my dad would do all the time. My dad was... Yeah. Very, very patient. Yeah. The level of patience I couldn't even yeah. comprehend. Yeah. Drive me crazy. I couldn't because I was yeah. like, okay, it's time to go. Yeah. It's time to go. We got to move. We got to move. We got to move. And uh, it makes sense that he would hold that level of uh, mysticism Beautiful. and consciousness because he hadn't was never in a rush. No. No matter what. Yeah. He didn't care. A, he was so present in that. What a precious man yeah. he must have been. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It reminds me of the... Bain Saduno, great Bulgarian master who I, who's inspired me, uh, came up with this lovely one-liner, patience is the vanguard of love. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. How can you have love yeah. without patience? Yeah, but it's right up front. Yeah. You know? It's the first thing you have to learn. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being here, brother. Thank you. What a ride, what a journey. Yeah. Wake the fake up, baby.